Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Fort Road Victory Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or get connected, please head to our website at frvc.ca. Now on with the sermon. Hi, good morning, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in to our YouTube channel. Hope you're having a great morning already. Boy, we've had a lot of rain again. And so gardens are going to be green, but it does keep us inside when we're all wanting to get outside and get some fresh air and sunshine. So, boy, a lot of happening on the news this week and last week with all the protesting and the riots happening. I kind of want to share about that today. You know, after 10 weeks of this isolation, you can see the tensions are mounting. You can see that human behavior is beginning to spin out of control with all the protesting and rioting that's happening throughout North America. You know, the church can't stay silent any longer. We've got to be the church. And one thing that um, about humans, you know, we're experts at, at doing and making others feel inferior and making ourselves feel superior, right? And so that's what this whole issue has been about lately. And and every time I watch the news, it's about racism and, and Black Lives Matter. It brings to my mind the memories of myself growing up in a little town in Northern Alberta. You know, as a child growing up in a predominantly white school back in the 70s, there was hardly a day in school that I can remember where someone didn't hurl a racial slur or make some kind of remark about my food or my ethnic background. I mean, I remember as a child wondering what was wrong, what was wrong with me? And and I, I remember being asked this question, did I live in a hut and did I ride elephants? I, I couldn't understand it. I, I thought I looked like one of the other kids and I thought that we were all the same, but apparently it was obvious that somehow I was perceived and I was seen as different. But I didn't know how to respond to those comments, nor did I, you know, particularly have the covering of those who were my educational authorities at that time, who were there to be protecting me. And, you know, I I thank God that I've lived past that and I've grown past that. But, um, you know, when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior as a young person, as a young child, you don't understand what goes on. But I did understand that I was loved, that it, it didn't matter what color my skin was or my ethnic background, that I knew what it meant to be loved by Jesus Christ. So growing up, being subjected to that racial discrimination as a kid, you either, either you're going to crumble or you're going to laugh along and don't show anyone how much it hurts. And I wasn't about to crumble. So you, you find friends around you who didn't matter what you looked like, who didn't matter what color your skin was. And you know what? And you find out that not everybody is shallow in the world. And so you, you move on with life. You know, with all that's been going on this last couple of weeks with these riots and the protests, I do want to talk about what does God say about this racial tension and, and the hatred that continues to pervade our society for some people. You know, for a lot of people, it's going to be a reminder, but one that is necessary for where the church is today. You know, as much as we can think that everyone upholds these truths that the Bible says, we need to align these truths of God's word to our own lives and see where we truly believe if his word is true in our lives. So let let me start with Genesis 1 um, verse 27, where it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female he created them point number one we were all created in the image of god god being the intelligent designer the master creator the builder he decided that he made us and that we would take on his likeness and his divine image it didn't matter what color our skin was we were created to be equal and intentionally with no one being any more superior to another person 
So to hold prejudice and biases against another race because of their skin color or because of something they eat or whatever they look like, well, that totally goes against God's design. That goes totally against what we were created for and created to be in his image and likeness. It really is to deny the superiority and the authority of God himself for us to have that kind of, of bias and racism and prejudice against one another. You know, here's the thing that that verse also doesn't say. It doesn't say that he created races. He created individuals which form only one human race, not multiple human races. So therefore, if he only created one human race, everybody in that human race is equal, no matter what they look like, no matter what their IQ, what their color of skin is, no matter where they were born, we were created equal in this human race. So every human being in this human race came out of the same two parents. Think about that. Genesis 1:28. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. He's talking about the purpose of mankind. Every human was given the same purpose, to be fruitful, to multiply, and to have dominion over the animals, not over each other. When we use our intelligence or our words and our resources to have dominion over other human beings, we've gone against totally what God's vision and design was that he had for human beings. God created every person to be of equal value. Now here's the thing, Paul the Apostle says in Galatians chapter 3, 28, he says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Back then the Jews considered the Greeks and other groups unclean and inferior, while the Gentiles persecuted the Jewish people across nearly their entire history. The Jews were enslaved to Egypt, attacked by Canaanites and other surrounding tribes, destroyed by Assyria, enslaved by Babylon, ruled by Persia, Greece, and Rome. Yet this verse that Paul states in Galatians rings true today. There is no male or female. There was no such thing as, as, as races. We were all one. And again, when he even goes as far as there's no male or female, he's saying because the Romans considered women to be the possession of men. A female belonged to her father until she belonged to her husband. So women were either wives or concubines with few rights of their own. So what Paul is saying was so contradictory to that culture at that time. So it would have to mean that he either received supernatural revelation from God or he didn't know what he was talking about. And I, I would love to believe that he did get revelation from God that, you know what? Once we're in this family of God, we are no longer above one another. We are completely equal to each other. You know, we're to love one another unconditionally. And James expands this in, in that thought process that there can be no partiality if you're a Christian. Look what he says in, in James chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. He says, yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you're committing a sin. You're guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. Think about that. You might think you're a good person. You do this, you do that, you give, you serve. And then you hold this one little prejudice against a race of people or against somebody of a different color. Think about that. You've broken every one of them because they, they all go hand in hand. Now, Jesus takes this even further by saying, you shall love your, your not only your neighbor, he says, you shall love your enemies. What good is it that he says, what good is it that you love those who love you back? 
And I think today we need this supernatural revelation of what that means today. With so much that's, that's going on with the racial tension and violence that's happening that we're experiencing, it's critical that we stop and ask God, God, give us revelation how to deal with this, right? Is it possible to eradicate racism? I don't think so. I think it's going to be with us. It's, it's been with us from the very beginning, right? So unless we decide to move everybody back to where they came from so that no immigration is possible, we're not going to see racism eradicate. But we do need to actually understand that it's pervading, it's still happening in our society, that we can actually teach people and teach them. I mean, our kids, we need to, to if we call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, then we've got to take our steps towards being that follower, right? To watch our behavior and, and know that we can only change our behavior. I can't change someone else's thoughts and ideas, but I can, I can influence them by watching myself, by speaking about what I believe in and by living what I believe in. Look what Paul says in, in chapter, uh, in Philippians chapter two, verses three to 11. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, Count others more significant than yourselves. Boy, just stop at that verse. There's enough there to say, we're done. Think about this. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. I can tell you there's times when I, I, I want to count myself more, you know, more than the next person in line at a grocery store. I don't want them to come before me so I can I have to wait behind them. I want, I want to be ahead of them so I can get out of that store. And I mean, that's so simple. And yet that's exactly what this verse says. If there's somebody that, that you know, you can let go, go ahead of you in the lineup, then do so. It, I think it, it, it's just showing again how much we can do to put another person ahead of us rather than we always take number one spot and everybody else follows behind us. Now he says in the next verse, says, let each of you look not only to his own interests. I spoke on this already. We have our own interests. We've got things to do. We got to get going. I don't want to be stuck in the lineup. I don't want to have to wait behind somebody. I'll look for the lineup that's the slowest or the, the quickest. I can get there. I can get through it. But it says, look also to the interests of others. Again, how much do we really consider this verse in terms of how we treat one another? Look also to the interests of others. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. He's telling us that if we are Christ's followers, we have this mind already. We have it in ourselves, but we need to exercise it. We need to use those thoughts to turn into action that brings other people ahead of us, that puts other people above us and not made to feel inferior to us. It's really taking the humility road, isn't it? Right? And I spoke about this, the way up is down. If we want to know how, to, if we want to be exalted, we've got to lower ourselves in humility to someone else around us. You know, what about, people ask me this, what about this, Pastor? God being racist and choosing the Jews to be his chosen people. You know, let's back up here. He selected Abraham, who was not originally Jewish. Abraham came from the land of Ur, and then he settled in Canaan. So what does that make him, right? He wasn't Jewish. He then allowed the descendants of Abraham to be the line in which Jesus Christ would come out of. God could have chosen any other person, but he chose the line of Abraham to be the carrier of our Lord. And let me read the, the, the verse in the Bible which talks about this. Genesis 18, verses 18 and 19. It says, For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. And he tells you why. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. 
He chose him because he saw that Abraham was obedient. He saw that Abraham would continue the ways of the Lord to the next few generations after him. So he did that on the basis not of his, of his race or his um, ethnicity. He did it on the basis of his obedience in faith to a God who really he didn't know at the time. And we know that story. Abraham didn't know what he was going to see. He wasn't able to see what he, what he is now the father of many nations, but he in obedience decided to follow and trust God and teach his descendants to continue to do the same, right? And then there's people that ask me this question about, well, what about if I join all these protests for equality and, and, and the things that are happening around the world? Well, here's the thing. Protests will continue, continue, continue for generations on until the cows come home. We need to educate. Not that we're not doing it, but we're not doing enough to, to stop a person from thinking that they're more superior from another. And it starts with us as families. It starts with us as a church. It starts with us being accountable to one another. So that when you hear something that doesn't sit right according to God's word, then we need to step up and say, that's not what God's word says. It might be something that you grew up with. It might be some, some uh, a thought pattern or a, even a, a bias that you had while you're growing up, but it could be wrong and it doesn't line up with God's word. We have to stop thinking that just because it's, it's something that we were, we were born with or grew up with, that it's right. We have to take everything that we've learned in our life and line it up to God's word. If it lines up, then we can see that it lines up to truth. But if it doesn't, then we have to figure out how to change that so we don't pass that on to the next generation. We need to continue this. Otherwise, all we're doing is teaching our kids that racism and prejudice is right and it's okay. And we know that it's clearly wrong. So unless we actively teach our kids not to be racist, they will be. Think about that for a minute. Unless we stop and actively teach our kids not to be racist, not to have a, a, a comment regarding another culture or their food, then they're automatically going to be, right? Racism is one of those things that lurks inside and then decides to peek out when it, we could think that it was a, an, an innocent thought that came out or an innocent statement. Innocent statements, when they don't line up to God's word, they can be hurtful. And we've seen already the effects of that. So how many times have you heard someone say about a certain nationality or food? Oh my gosh, that, that food smells bad or, or that their food tastes funny. Their people look different and they smell. Those are racist comments. We have to put a stop to stuff like that. We need to place ourselves on the other side of those comments and thoughts and wonder, you know, what, what would it be like if I were to receive those comments? If I was the one receiving those kinds of comments? knowing that I smell different, I look different, I, my food tastes funny. How would you feel if people told you that? That's what we have to do is always put ourselves in those shoes before we even open up our mouths and things. So here's the thing. A good first step in confronting racism is to check yourself. That's what we need to do before we even say anything. Before you say anything that comes out of your mouth that could be misconstrued as, as racist, right? And you might not mean to do it think about what comes out of our mouths ask the holy spirit show us any show me lord any unstated attitudes or assumptions that reveals discrimination or prejudice ask holy spirit reveal my thoughts my words or actions before they come out and it, again before they come out to somebody who doesn't understand to somebody who who 
is of a different race and a different culture and different ethnicity. We have to figure that out because it's, that's what's happening is people don't think before they speak, before they act, and all of a sudden someone is hurt by it. We really need to put some of these words into action that the Bible tells us, right? Christians and believers need to be the change agent that we want to see changing in this world. If you want to see change, you have to be first. You and I have to be first at changing, right? We're called to be salt and light. Salt gives flavor. So when food, it tastes bland, it's not the food's fault. We haven't added enough salt to it. We haven't added enough flavor to it. And so again, we have to look at what can we do in our society, in our church, where we're adding flavor and not coming against it in a way that, that that's hurtful and offensive, right? We're called to be light. If a room is dark, it's not the room's fault that it's dark. It's because there's no light to shine upon that darkness. We need to be that. Our church, you and I, we need to stop and look and say, am I adding to this or am I destroying what's there already? Am I adding flavor? Am I, am I shedding light onto it by my behaviors and my, my words? Or am I causing to the problem, adding to the problem? Church, we're not bound together by our blood or our ideas. We're bound together because Jesus Christ has transformed us, transformed our thinking, transformed us from our sin nature to a new nature. We're new creations. Everything that we brought within ourselves from growing up has to change. We can't just have a, a new soul because of salvation and still possess all those old biases and all those old prejudices inside us. We have to move forward. It's the only way we can do it. And church, I'm talking to you and I'm talking to myself. We've got to be the light and the example of who Jesus Christ is and how he would have dealt with all the situations that are happening now. We've got to let Holy Spirit guide us in our relationships. We tend to act on our own and we make up a lot of mistakes in what's happening and we contribute to it. And then we think, oh, well, let's go participate in a protest. The protest is only going to do so much. We have to look inward and realize what truth there is that God says when he stands against racism, when he created us to be equal. I hope you got something out of this. I know it's been really tense lately watching the news and everybody's emotions are really, really right at, on, on edge of just wanting to post something. But we've got to take a stand back and read the word of God and apply it to ourselves. I know there's people that say, well, I'm not racist. I'm not prejudiced. I bet you if you really look inside carefully, you'll find something there that's got a root of it. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like this, this food. I don't like this type of food. I don't like this, this type of dress. And I don't like the way they, they look. It's there. It, it, it's there from the beginning and it's got to stop. And we need to come together and ask Jesus Christ to have an encounter with us and show us who truly we're supposed to be. Not who we want to be, but who he wants us to be. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Everything that you're allowing to happen in spite of this virus is now showing us, Lord, that there's so much hatred in this world still. And truly the answer to it is Jesus Christ. Truly the answer to what's happening in the world is a touch from the Holy Spirit to show us that Christ came down. Not as a band-aid, but Christ came down to show us love. To show us truly what it means to walk in love. And that through that love, we would come to repentance. We would come to, to understanding that we cannot 
We cannot save ourselves. We cannot come to a place where we can make ourselves justified, that we can be made right without Christ in our life. Would you show that to everybody watching that we need to look at ourselves and ask God to show us in his word, reveal that word, the original design that you had for us, that we were one created as one race and created as equal amongst each other. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've not received Jesus Christ, I know we've been saying this over and over in the last few weeks. There's people that listen and they don't know who Jesus Christ is. I know there's a lot of fear in the world, so there's still a lot of people who don't understand that Jesus Christ came, he lived, he died, and he rose again. Why? Because we were separated from God. That's the gospel. Our own wrongdoings, our own good doings still separates us from God. Unless we stop and think, boy, why am I here? What's my purpose? My purpose is to be reconciled to God. My purpose is to show the world that Jesus Christ rules and reigns in my heart. So if you don't know who Jesus is, would you just, in the quietness of your own home, wherever you're watching this, you accept him. Accept the fact that he paid the price for you to have eternal life. Believe the Lord Jesus Christ died for you and wants to give you eternal life and confess him as your Lord and Savior. Keep tuning in. We want you to grow as you as you understand this newfound faith, this new family of God that you belong to. Keep tuning in. Keep watching every week. And I hope that you're getting something. God bless you. Stay tuned. Pastor Shelly and I are going to come and we're going to discuss some of the stuff that we talked about. Well, we hope you got a lot out of today's sermon. If you'd like to connect with us, please feel free to check out our website at frvc.ca. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Have a great day, everyone.